Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where I take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you'd like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Bible in a Year reading plan. We also have PDFs available on our website, grove.church. I was looking over to see if you completed there. I got you, bro. Boom. Uh, and as usual, if you have questions, we want to take time as much as we can to answer those questions in each of our podcast episodes. Uh, it doesn't always happen just based upon content, but we try to do as much as we can. There's two ways you can send us those questions, uh, and it's just another way to engage with us in the podcast. So here's the ways. Email us at info at grove.church. Make sure you put in the subject line a Let's Read the Bible podcast question, uh, or you can direct message our Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Marysville, Washington, uh, and we'd love for you to send us those questions there. Boom. All right. Well, today we are, we're wrapping up. We're end capping. No more minor prophets forever. We're never going to talk about it again. That's not true, but yeah. we're- uh, It'll be a little while, I think. Yeah, we talked about this last week, but there is now an episode of every minor prophet in the Let's Read the Bible archive. Evan's so. feeling pretty proud about us, so proud, proud about that stat for us. So, is it? Um, I guess we've, we've probably done all the gospels, I would imagine, but maybe not. If not, that's a sad day. <laughs> yeah. If not, well, we'll rectify it, I'm sure, if <laughs> we'll figure that out. But anyways, this might be the first overall grouping of books that we've actually done them all. Um, so yeah. At least right now that we're aware of. That we're aware of. We're assuming we have, but no promises. All right. We're doing Malachi. 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 Yeah, I'm a Malachi. So we're doing we're Shout doing out that. to Jamie Bigby. I miss you, Jamie. Uh, so as far as resources that we're using today, it's the ESV Study Bible, the Logos Bible Software, the Reformation Study Bible, and then the Essence of the Old Testament, a survey by Ed Hinson and Gary Yates. Um, those resources will sound very familiar to you because they're probably the most staples. common ones that we use. The staples of the Let's Read the Bible podcast. All right. So Malachi. Yes, let's get, Malachi. In, let's get into it. Malachi, let's talk about him. Uh, much like mu- much like most of the minor prophets, we don't know much about yeah. him personally. Um, and unlike Zephaniah, we don't have a big long genealogy that nope. we can kind of make some inferences from. One thing that I thought was interesting, though, is that there actually is some debate as to whether Malachi is a name or a title, hmm. which I didn't. Know. I remember reading that too. Yeah. So there's a lot of kind of interesting things about Malachi, but yeah. that was one of them. So Malachi translates to my messenger. Um, and there's one of, uh, I forgot which, shoot, one of the translations, I think it's the Septuagint, or is that the New Testament? Anyway. Septuagint is a Greek the, translation of the, the Old Testament. Testament. Okay. The, the Talmud is the Old Testament, but that's not even this. Yeah. One of the translations of the Old Testament that was available um, actually cites Malachi as being Ezekiel, which is interesting. So this would be a huh. second, if, if you hold to that, this would be a second prophetic. That is interesting. Kind of like Lamentations to Jeremiah. It's like a second prophetic book, mm-hmm. but this one. So I, I tend to hold that it's a proper name. Yeah, I do too. Mostly because every prophetic book starts with basic, paraphrasing, but in some form of the word of the Lord that came to blank. Yeah. Malachi starts that way as well. Um, I will say the exceptions are Ezekiel and Daniel don't start that way, but the prophets in those books are also explicitly named. So it's not like they're anonymous, Um, but so it seems odd that there would be one prophetic book that just doesn't list off who the, uh, the giver of the prophecy is. So there you go. Kind of an idea. Uh, And then the messenger is also one of the themes of Malachi where we kind of see hints of, uh, you know, John the Baptist, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So good times. Uh, The exact date of the book is hard to nail down. But it's it's certainly post-exilic. Yeah. And what we mean by that is, so after Jerusalem falls, 
the Israelites Are go taken into captive. Yep, they go to first it's uh, Babylon, then it's Persia, and then it's Darius who lets them kind of come back under Zerubbabel first, and then Ezra and Nehemiah kind of lead a second wave back as well. Mm-hmm. And so Haggai and Zechariah, man, I, I blanked on his name. Uh, they kind of prophesied during that period where Zerubbabel's here, and then Malachi kind of comes in and he's prophesying towards the end. Yeah. So he's a contemporary, probably, of Ezra and Nehemiah. Yes. Uh, the reason we think this is because the temple is referenced not a, it's it's a, it's referenced as something that exists, not as something that needs to be worked on. So like when in Haggai and Zechariah, it's like, hey finish up that bad boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in Malachi, it's like, hey, respect that bad boy is kind of the the message there. Yeah. Uh, and then the sins that Malachi rebukes Israel for are also basically the same ones that we see in Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah. So that's kind of why we would say it's probably around the same time. And then Malachi is pretty universally listed as the last of the books of the Old Testament. Yes. And I mean that uh, chronologically. It's yes. the last one that was written. It's, yeah. It typically has always been placed at the end, no matter what, no matter yeah. what organization or what uh, order you find it in the majority of placements is the end. So there you go. Um, and then, yeah, even with the debates about Malachi's date, most of them would say later, not earlier. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then for an outline, we're sticking with our good friends, Ed and Gary. Because they just they know how to they know how to create a good outline, but it's uh, not alliteration this time. It's not well, kind of. I no, guess. it's not. It's God's love announced, God's people denounced, God's messenger promised. And here's the deal: the rhyme is the rhyme is sick. God's love announced, God's people denounced. That fi- that fits that rolls right off the tongue. So <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. But it's not alliteration. And here's the deal: now that I'm thinking about it, it should be God's love announced, God's people denounced, God's messenger pronounced instead of promised. So ver, uh, whatever your next edition is, Mr. Henson Fix and Mr. That, Yates, guys. you can Gosh. have that one for free. And make sure you get a, give us some royalty. Evan will give it to you for free. I want royalties. We do joke. We joke about it a lot, but I will say like in all seriousness, I would highly recommend the book. Uh, yes. The essence of the old Testament, a survey and the authors are Ed Henson yeah. and Gary Yates, but and the we, new Testament contemporary. Yeah. As they, well. We use both of those in this podcast. Yeah. Very, very well put together. If you're looking for kind of a, an overview of the whole Old Testament, yep. you, you can do a lot worse than that book. All right. So God's love. Such a weird way to put it. Yeah. You I guess can do so. a lot worse than that book. You, yeah, you, it's, you, it's top tier, guys. Yeah. You a top tier it. book. I really do like it. All right. God's love announced. This is chapter one, verses one through five. Um, the opening passage, we're going to say, strikes a far different to- tone than the rest of the prophetic books. It's very true. So it says, the oracle of the word of, of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? That's, by the way, this is a, this is a trope or a, I don't know what you want to call it, a literary function of Malachi all throughout is, but you say this, like Malachi loves the, I don't know, is that a rhetorical question or is it just like... I don't even know what you'd call that, but most of his prophetic words are, you say this, but the Lord says this. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declared the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob. But Esau I have hated. I have laid waste to his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. Great line. If Edom says we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, so again, that's that whole thing of they say, I say, they may build, but I will tear down and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. 
Your own eyes shall see this, and you shall say, Great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. Yeah. So, Remember in all the other minor prophets, oftentimes, not all the other, sorry, the majority of the other minor prophets, it starts off with uh, a reprimand, a rebuke, a right. call of judgment or wrath coming down, a promise of coming doom. Uh, and this one says, I've loved you. Like, it's a little softer. Yeah. It reminds me of Haggai from last week. I, sh- I, did, I don't remember how Zechariah starts off. You mean two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, you're right. We're recording these on the same day, but as we did seven. Listen, if they listened to last week's though, they know that. They so. know. But yeah. two weeks ago, Haggai. That's fair. Uh, anyway. Haggai. The other, and it is interesting that, the pe- so the people of Israel, they're in a, they're in a hard time. Like they're kind of surrounded by enemies. Um, there's a, Most of the la- neighboring nations don't like them, don't like that they're there. Um, not much has changed, which is kind of a bummer, I guess, for the nation of Israel for the last yeah, like, few true. thousand years. Um, but anyway, so it's, they're, they're having a rough time. And so you can kind of hear them saying, how have you loved us? Like we're here, it's really hard. And you can kind of just see like, God's like, Hey, like, you know how I, I, I chose Jacob instead of Esau. Um, I also chose you instead of Edom. And basically just saying like, look what happened to Edom, like both Jerusalem or both Judah and Edom were destroyed, but you're back and you can rebuild. Edom's not going to do that. And he basically says, like, if Edom tries it, they're going to fall back down again. So it's kind of this idea that God is showing them, even though times aren't necessarily the best, he's with them. It kind of yeah. reminds me of the Israel. It's Maybe it's just like a classic Israelite thing, but because like, it reminds me of the of um, the desert where like, yeah, like it's not <laughs> yeah. perfect, but like, come on, guys, you don't want to go back into slavery in Egypt. Like, God is with you. So it's yeah. kind of that whole thing. You almost, you almost get the teenager vibe too, where it's like, well, you don't love me. What do you mean I don't love you? I I provided a house over your head. I give you food. I give you money. Like I buy you clothes. Like the way that God, sometimes we, I mean, the Israelites are throwing fits because they're not getting what they want. Oftentimes that's what the cause of, well, you don't love me. Well, you're not giving me what I want. Um, And that's kind of the same position where God's like, hold up. Look, look, let me let me play, let me paint this picture very clearly for you, uh, and you see that picture. What's that commercial where it's like the middle aged guy who's acting like a teenager to his like parents in their sixties, and he's like, "Shut up, Walter." <laughs> like, I don't remember. Uh, that's a good commercial. I don't watch TV anyway. I'm just kidding. I just I'm a Christian. I don't watch the television. I watch sports. Um, all right, so we're moving on to our next uh, next section, which is this is God's people denounced. This is the book. The sorry, the book. This is the meat of the book. Um, so it is actually it's funny where like Haggai was like little rebuke. And then a lot of encouragement. A lot of love. Malachi is little encouragement, a lot of rebuke. Let me lay it on you. Yeah. But then encouragement at the end as yeah. well. So it it's is a, a, it's a compliment sandwich. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's a compliment sandwich of a book. Um, and so, and we're going to see this motif of the whole, how have we, and having it be immediately answered with all of them. I think except the very ending one that we'll talk about. That one doesn't subscribe to it, but the rest of them do. So first, the people are rebuked for worship, how they worship. It says in Malachi 1, 6 through 8. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present, uh, present that to your governor. Will he accept or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. All right. So we're gonna, I love the. I just love the like conversation within himself. Is this a good deal? Um, so they're getting after him here. How are they worshiping? Well, back then, like one of the main ways that you worshipped was animal sacrifice. Yeah. And he's saying that you're giving him um, like the bad animals. 
So you're saying like blind, for instance, is, yeah. the, is the one that he uses here. Um, God's command is that, and this kind of like reminds me of the Cain and Abel story, um, but the whole idea is you take the best. Yeah. And that is a what A percentage you, of your best. Yeah. You, you take, um, but that, yeah, that percentage you take is supposed to be off the top. Yep. It's not supposed Cream to be- Cream of the crop. Yeah. Here's the bat. Here's the animals that are kind of like weak or- they have a low, I don't know, muscle, fat, muscle content, whatever it is. What, however you judge the animals. But the idea is they're giving crappy ones to God for sacrifice. Yeah, they're and he, giving ones that they would refuse themselves. Yeah, because he, he's even saying- like, Let alone the governor. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah, why don't you bring that to the governor? What do you think he's going to say? And you know, the answer is implied to be like, well, I mean, he wouldn't accept it. Like, yeah, why do you think I want that? Like, yeah. so it's kind of God saying- I seriously am getting like this teenage vibe as I read the Malachi and, and revisit it a bit like- <laughs> Is that is that the way you want me to do it? Treat? No, like it, it's so. Yeah. Like, maybe it's not even teenager, but maybe it's my four year old son. Is, is that how you should do it? No, like no, fine. Anyways, so there you go. So and and it, it is a serious thing in the sense of um, God deserves our best. Yeah, not the leftovers. Well, and, and it's a picture of. Sorry to cut you off, but it's a picture you, of the like the heart. It's a matter of a heart. Like worship is not what you do; it's the heart and the intent behind it. Like my life should be worship. The way I live my life should be in direct response to God's provision, God's faithfulness, God's love, God's grace, all of these things. And if my heart's not in it, I'm going to do things halfway. Oh, I need to give an animal sacrifice. I'm going to go take, you know, come here, little lamb, and it's hobbled on one leg, hobbling on one leg, whatever. Like, it, that's a bad way to explain it. But it's like, it's injured, it's maimed, it's sickly, it's it's not well, it's not the best. It's not like I'm going to take, yeah. man, hey, bring me that one. But it's like, okay, we just got to get this done. Come on. It's a, it's a checklist routine thing versus like, Excellent understanding that God, you, you deserve the best because of what you've been able, what you've done for me or how you provided for me or the favor and the faithfulness. The, and today we get a bigger picture of recognizing what Christ has done should evoke a deep response. And that's what worship is. It's a heart filled of, of gratitude and, and humility and awe um, to love and express that back to God with what we do. So, yep, absolutely. All right. This next one, divorce. This, uh -oh, is, this chapter, is touchy. Yep. Chapter two, 13 through 16. And it says, and the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Every time I say you say, I think if there's a pitcher for the Mariners named Yusei Kikuchi, and it just throws <laughs> me off every time. Sorry, listeners. But, um, but you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And that was the one <clears throat> uh, and that and that was the one God seeking, godly offspring. So God your guard yourselves in your spirit, and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless. Ooh, that's deep. That's <clears throat> challenging right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to use that in my next wedding ceremony. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. kidding. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so if the first one is about you're not giving God your best like you need to, yeah. this one is basically rebuking the husband's visual saying, you are not giving your wife the best yeah. as you have been called to. Yeah. And I love it. it it's ah, which letter of Paul is it where it's um, basically it's talking about how husbands are to sacrificially love their wives the way that Christ loves the church. Ephesians Ephes five. There you go. I think it's also in Galatians five as well. So that is what, as I guess we're speaking directly to the guys here, but that's what we're called to yeah. as husbands. And here in, uh, in Malachi, you're saying that they're being unfaithful. They're not treating their wives well. 
Um, and it's indicative of their spiritual kind of falling away that has yeah. happened at this point. Well, and I want to be very clear too. Um, ancient history, the male was the, was the one who was addressed and talked to all the time, whether that was right or wrong, it was culture at the time. Right. So scripturally, the, the attention is drawn to the male as the head of the house, as the one who leads, as the one who um, does those things. And there was also culturally an understanding where rarely, uh, anyways, but so the, that was a culture. Today, it, it, it doesn't mean that you ladies are off the hook for faithfulness. Uh, True. Scripturally yeah. speaking, there is a demand and you're making a covenant and an agreement between husband and wife. We're hold to the same standard as, and it's out of a mutual reverence for Christ that we submit our lives to one another. And so that's the picture here too. You got to understand ancient history. The male was addressed culturally, modern day history. It's, it's male and female. It's, it's husband and wife. We both carry a mantle and a call. And I'm not trying to add words into scripture. I'm trying to help us understand context and at the same time, the relevant application to today. So um, just as much as the man is charged with faithfulness, so the, the wife is charged with faithfulness. Um, so it's, it's important to recognize those things. And as husbands, we lead, we have to lead it. We're called to lead. We're given and equipped the, with the ability to lead well. And so, uh, yep. but it is this, this tension that we have to walk through too. So there so, you go. All right, this next section is uh, justice. And this is Malachi 2.17 through 3.4. So it kind of goes across chapters a little bit. People who made the chapters, not always perfect. So here no. they kind of- And chapters were not given by the prophets, just yeah, a reminder. that's true. Yeah, chapters came along. It was modernized to help us read it. Yep. All right, so it says, uh, you have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him by saying everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delights in them? or by asking, where is the God of justice? So basically celebrating evil, but also saying, where is God in this situation? Yeah. Cause you kind of get at that idea at the very beginning yeah. when when God kind of just comparing the fate of what's happened with Israel to the fate of what happened to the Edomites. He's like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> like, let's not pretend that uh, you guys um, are just like completely, I don't even know how to say it, but basically it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, Behold, I will send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messengers of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and the fueler's soap. I don't know what fueler's soap is. Probably should have looked that up. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if my translation had that. Oh, really? No, there you go. Uh, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and in former years. So it's kind of this idea of the restoration of the temple, uh, but also rebuking the Israelites for rejecting justice asking where is God's justice here? And he's basically saying, look, there's going to come a day where this is going to be set right. And then really kind of talking about the idea of, again, we'll see this a lot later as well. Um, also in the question today, but the idea of John the Baptist coming and then also, Ooh. yeah. And then also Christ coming after that. So there you go. Do you find Fuller's soap or Fuller's soap? So, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. I, I read Fuller's. And so when you said Fuller's, I was like, what? I think I, that was my bad. I misread. It's Fuller's soap. So still, no, I haven't found it, but still don't know what that is, but all right. Well, Hey, we'll move on. And then if you find it, let me know. It's, so it just says strong soap and the um, NLT says a strong soap, um, which is interesting. Yeah, there you and go. like, uh, CSB says like launderer's bleach. So it's just like a strong soap. 
Huh? That's what it is. So nifty. Yeah. There N- you go. Nifty lifty. <laughs> we need to start. That needs to be a detergent. Move over, Tide. This is Fuller soap. Yeah. Dude, I love it. All right. I don't know why it's called Fuller's in ESV, but that's it's it's soap. It's a heavy duty soap. It's a purifying thing. Boom. Bleach is the same thing. Bleach, not leech. Bleach. Bleach. Bleach is suck you dry. All right. Uh, this is Malachi 3, 8 through 12. This one, uh, I feel like I heard this in church growing up all the time when it came for like the offering. Uh, but it says, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes <laughs> yeah. and contributions. You are cursed with the curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test as the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that he will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So, you don't remember in the law it was set up that 10 percent is what's called tithe it means 10 percent mm-hmm. um a tenth yeah or a tenth uh 10 of people's wealth was to be given to directly to the lord so and that would go toward um feeding the priests for instance so a lot of like the sacrificial meat some of it was a burnt offering but a lot of it was also just kind of offering to the priests specifically so that they could eat um, a lot of it was for like the maintenance of the temple, things like that. So the people were required to contribute to this. And we, we, it's funny because we see it's kind of the big message throughout all the minor, the post-exilic prophets where the temple's back, but people kind of take it for granted because hmm. in Haggai and Zechariah, it's like, hey, like finish it. Like it's going to be great. And then this one, it's kind of like, hey, <laughs> like contribute to it. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of this whole idea. Um, and then, yeah, as modern day Christians, we're called also to generosity, but it's a little bit of a different system where like, yeah. we're not bringing up our, uh, we're not bringing up our animals. And then, well, I've got some cats to drop off. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just leave them at the church. <laughs> there you go. It's like, Hey, brought lunch. Oh, that's Thank, bad. Thanks pastors. Bad joke. Bad joke. Just kidding. Bad form. Anyway. All right. And then this last one here, uh, this last section is going to be rewards. This is the one that, uh, I believe doesn't have the whole, but you say part. So, uh, then those who feared the Lord, oh, sorry, this is 316 through 18. Uh, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him and of those who feared and es- of the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then one more, once more, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who will not serve him. So there you go. Uh, kind of a nice little ending point to yeah. that section. Not the end of the book. No. But. Well, and, and I think just real quick in this section, you see um, one, of the, one of the things that, that Malachi is tackling is this idea of apathy. Um, and, and we were talking about it right before we started recording, but uh, it, it is just this picture. Malachi is on the scene. And he's calling out the the apathy and the apathetic approach that God's people have towards the temple, towards God, the relationship with God. And you see in these quick hitters, um, just in this one like brief section, it, it hits different things: apathy in worship, apathy in your marriage, apathy in giving and generosity. Like it's this picture of like God has called us and set us to to live and respond and engage in a certain way, um, and. And if I'm being honest with you, it's really easy to become apathetic because it's so routine and it can become mundane. 
Um, and so God is using Malachi to re-up and remind them. And then this last section, you see um, like the promise of reward, the promise of favor, the promise of provision. Um, there, I, I just finished up Leviticus 26 uh, this morning. I read the first half of it yesterday, and I read the second half this morning where it talks about um, the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. But it is this picture where God's desire is to bless and provide for his people. And it's and we read that materialistically, where I just want more money in my bank account, I want more things, um, but that's not that's not the only side of blessing. And 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 God blesses in different ways, but it's the the total fulfillment and presence of God's favor and provision in your life. That's the picture of being blessed. Um, and so you just see like the things that that Malachi is hitting apathetically cuz I mean, if I'm being honest with you, these things should still hit us today. Uh, even though they were they were spoken right. hundreds of years ago, they should speak to us today uh, because it's a response to God's faithfulness. And worship starts the conversation because everything we do is is worship. But then it starts hitting these very uh, strong, uh, I would say, sensitive issues in each of our hearts and souls. And so you just see that picture before Malachi gets to the point of concluding this book. Um, but you just see that in the center section. That's what that's what is being hit is this apathy towards relationship with God and what he, what it means for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Good word. Uh, our final part here is called God's Messenger Promised. And this is the last six books, the six books, last six verses, last chapter of Malachi. Uh, so Malachi concludes his book with a reminder that the the day of the Lord or the day of Yahweh mm-hmm. is coming. Uh, you know, not as big of a theme as it was in like Zephaniah last week, but he's hitting it here. Uh, and then something, this might sound a little familiar to you. So this little little hint here, but it goes, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings, and you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down uh, the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember my servant Moses, the statutes and the rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. So we'll stop there for a second. Um, It is this picture of the day of the Lord. And this is kind of like the modern picture that we have of it, where a lot of the ministry of the minor prophets was the day of the Lord was assumed to be this really beautiful thing. And then a lot of the minor prophets were like, hey, like this isn't like for a lot of you, this is not a great thing. Like if you're not serving God, if like you don't love the Lord, the day of the Lord is not something to look forward to. Yeah. And then Malachi, we kind of see, like I said, it's a more modern view of when we think of the ultimate day of the Lord is the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. And for us as Christians, that is the most hopeful day that we can think of. Um, but for a lot of people, it won't It should be. be. Yeah, it should be. And Malachi, we see the same thing where it's a day coming and it's not going to be great for some, uh, but it says, for, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. I love that line. Um, so that's the idea there. And then finally, it says, these last two verses, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike down the land with the decree of utter destruction. So, A, that's how the book ends, which is kind of a funny line to end the book on. And the Old Testament. Yeah, it's like really hopeful and then unless a utter destruction. Yep. Utter destruction. Okay. (laughs) Next up, Jesus, the son of (laughs) the genealogies in Matthew, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, in this one. 
I will send you Elijah the prophet. A, this is not saying that Elijah is going to be reincarnated or like brought yeah, down. It's what true. Is, yeah, what he's saying is Elijah is John the Baptist is is kind of the New Testament Elijah, mm-hmm. both in terms of kind of the way they dress, they're a little bit wacky, um, but also the ministry that they quirky. have. Quirky, they're quirky. quirky. There kidding. you go. That's a better word. Uh, but yeah, it's this idea, and in chapter three, we really see it where this idea of the messenger who will come, and then he leads the way, he paves the way for something greater. So yeah. John the Baptist's message really is this idea of repentance repentance the day of the lord is at hand so that whole deal yep all righty that's the end of the book man that wraps it up for the minor prophets malachi not just not just today but for all time forever we're never gonna talk about it no i'm just kidding (laughs) we're never referring to him again oh man well hey that's the end of the minor prophets next next week i feel like we need to do uh yeah, we'll think of something fun to do. Like so, just kind of like a wacky one. We know we got some good feedback for the one where we ranked all the judges, so maybe we'll do like we'll rank the kings of Judah or something. Let's just rank all the bad gods, the fake gods. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I made that joke last week. Oh man. All right. Well, hey, uh, we're going to go to our Q&A portion. Uh, but before we do, just as a reminder, leave us a five-star review on whatever platform that you listen on because, you know, it's just helpful. It gets the podcast out there to more people and it continues to grow this community of people who are uh, reading the Bible together. And I've said it a few times, but if you're not listening on, uh, if you're listening on an app that doesn't allow for ratings, you know, just download Apple Podcasts yeah. and rate it on there. So. Yeah, we'd be forever grateful. Thanks, guys. All right, so Q&A portion. Our question comes in. It goes, random observation. Mark 1 starts by saying, as said by Isaiah the prophet, uh, and then quotes per the version cross-reference Malachi, and then Isaiah. Did Mark get the reference wrong or version? First off, real quick, if you don't know this, in version, as you're reading scripture, there's sometimes a little dot, dot, dots or an indicator that there's more to the link or more to the text. You can click it and it'll show you sometimes cross-references, which is it takes the thought or the the, the statement and it brings uh, scripture from the Old Testament or another passage in the Bible to bring uh, a little bit more meat and content to what's being said. Uh, so when we say cross-reference, that's what we mean. Uh, version the Bible app, does have that as well. Uh, and so that's part of what's being referred to. Yep. So... To read the verses he's talking about here, it goes, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as is written by the Isaiah in Isaiah, the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. All right. So as was pointed out by our dear listener, this is actually a quotation of two prophets. Mm-hmm. So it is Isaiah. So the Isaiah portion is Isaiah 43, where it says a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, the highway for our God. But it's also quoting Malachi 3, which we just read, which is, uh, behold, I send my messenger and he'll prepare a way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of his covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he's coming soon, says the Lord of hosts. So it's a combination of those two verses. Um, this one, I, don't, I, I think we line up. I don't know. I guess we didn't talk about this one beforehand. So we might, we might disagree. Who knows? Um, but I kind of just view this as Mark is showing that these two separate prophecies are both talking about John the Baptist and he's bringing them together in a way to show that how they, how they synthesize. Mm-hmm. And then because Isaiah is the more well-known prophet, that's just the one he chooses to reference. So instead of saying like Isaiah and Malachi said, he just says like the prophet Isaiah said, so not the most, um, like the deeper profound like, answer. Yeah. It's just kind of pretty simple. Of yeah. Things. And I, I agree. I think that's a big piece of it. You see, um, Isaiah is more of a dominant name, uh, in ancient history, as far as biblical history is concerned. Uh, so you see there always good preference to that. Um, and so uh, I think that's a big part of it, but it is, I think it is, 
important to recognize, like part of what the statement in Mark is, it's it's actually alluding to the fulfillment of prophecy and fulfillment of what was said by the prophets. Uh, and so this is what's coming. Mark is alluding to the fact that, hey, this is this was already talked about um, prior to this, and it highlighted those things for us. So that that's the biggest thing. So he's bringing in not just um, uh, Malachi and, and Isaiah, but he's actually affirming uh, what they said is actually coming to pass because there's yeah. one coming, prepare the way of the Lord. So yep. And as he goes through, it's kind of like, it's clear that he's mostly referencing the Isaiah passage yeah. kind of part of it too. So he's bringing in the Malachi passage to show us the same yep. person. It's a compliment. Yeah, his main thing it's there. So Compliment sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. Boom. That's it. There you go. All right. Well, hey. That wraps it up for another episode of Let's Read the Bible. We are a resource of the Grove Church, but as a reminder, we are not the only resource of the Grove Church. You can go online and find our archive of past messages and past podcast episodes online at grove.church. And then if uh, this podcast has been a blessing to you and you'd like to financially support the ministry of the Grove Church, you can also do that on our website. There's a give button in the upper right-hand corner. Yeah, so if you do it, thanks for that. And also thanks for listening. Have a great day. See you next week.